Yeah. There was once when the microphone didn't record. Oh. And that was devastating. So it's just like some we had quite like, boring silent film, to be honest. Yeah, it was Not like... Not much slapstick. So welcome to Young at Concrete Podcast, Charlie. <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> uh, obviously, for anyone listening, got... Charlie, and I can't pronounce your last name, so I'm not Gualtieri. even... Gualtieri. okay. <laughs> what is that? Is that... Italian. Italian, okay. Yeah. I couldn't decide. Yeah. I was like, I was looking at it earlier, I was like, I don't know how to pronounce that. So I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. People say French, people know the Argentinian dictator, something Gualtieri. Okay. Uh, but yeah, not many famous ones. No. No. I mean, that's good though, you know. Yeah. It's unique. It is. Which is good. Yeah. So the first question which I ask everybody is how long have we known each other? Not very. Well, like, <laughs> I've seen you sporadically, I suppose. Yeah. I was trying to think when we first met. I remember that was after... It must have been after some sort of event. Yeah, because we ended up in Aroma yeah, with yeah. Nathan and Charlotte. Yeah. Um, but I can't think for the life of me what that was. It might have been Plastic Brain for us. It might have been. Yes. Yes, I think it was. Yeah. Plastic Brain Press. Yeah. And we retreated to a Roman. But that was like a year? Yeah. Like a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I was like, oh, he has a podcast. I'll check out his podcast. So I just scrolled through and like found like the first like, huh, thing I came across. Yeah. And I clicked on the makeup one. And then I was so conscious that I was wearing like tons of makeup. When we first met. And I don't usually wear that, so I was like, this is a weird first impression. Yeah. Because I've, like... That was, like, the one I listened to, like, the first one as well. I guess I kind of forget, like... I forget that other people, when they can, like... If they come across them, come across individual subjects. Yeah. So they're just getting a very blunt view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, this is Graham, and here's his opinion on this. On oh, this specific He's like, thing. so this could be his entire life. It's like, no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> Whereas I could have known you for, like, years and yeah. not... I've never had that conversation. I've never had that conversation. They probably would have, because yeah, it yeah. usually ends up coming up one way or another. I've had a few conversations about makeup. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. It's a common thing in yeah. society. It's yeah. a thing people do to their faces. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> For views on it, go watch my podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been a while, but we haven't actually kind of hung out or... No, no. Yeah. I've just been like, oh, that's a cool person doing stuff. Well, that's a lie. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool person not doing stuff. <laughs> I was tricked into that. <laughs> um, so, what do I class you as? Because I was trying to think, like, are you a poet? But you also oh. do, like, a bunch of stuff outside of that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm predominantly a, a poet, despite I'm starting a novel right now. But okay. I'm, a, like, a writer. I am a creative person that cannot get away from that. So, yeah. That's, That's a good way to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. also doing everything else out of the sun. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that's bad, because that's essentially what I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it makes it kind of makes it more interesting. Mm. And I think it helps in like, inform all the other stuff you can do. So, like, yeah. if you're doing your poetry, you kind of take more experience, because you're exploring other things as well. Definitely. And not just 
streamlined on poetry. Yeah, like I'd like to stay focused with poetry and just get as good as I can. Yeah. But then there's always distractions, and sometimes those distractions aren't that all. You know. How long you been doing poetry? Oh, like, uh, so. That's a better question. How old are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm 23. Okay. Um, but I've been doing it for quite a few years now. But basically, I realised that I was writing poetry after I started writing poetry. Okay. So when I was like a teenager, I would try and write prose. Yeah. But it would I would have line breaks and all sorts of different things that are classic of a poem. And I was like, I'm just writing some weird experimental prose. But then I looked back and I was like, oh, no, you, yeah, you were just writing poetry. <laughs> you should go do that. I think I did that once with like a play. I'd written kind of this thing, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to write this really weird, like, short film. And like, dialogue heavy. Yeah, it's going to be dialogue heavy, there's going to be no direction, so when you pick up the script, it's, and I was like, hang on a minute, this is just a play. <laughs> <laughs> there's no edge to this in any way, shape, or form. But it could be good in its own right, so, you know. I guess. I guess if it, you put it out as something different, then, yeah. You're kind of saying it's something different. So you, yeah. you're not saying it's poetry, but it is poetry. And maybe it doesn't have... Maybe when people think that they're doing something new, that it doesn't have to be of, like, top quality, because it's broaching new ground. I mean that not in, like, a bitter, <laughs> horrible... Never but it's tried the whole, like, frontier cause... thing. Like, I guess so, yeah. The first town you build on a frontier is not going to be perfect. No. But it's going to be the first town, you know? Yeah. I it's think going to be known for that. There is a risk of, like, with that, though, that a lot of people feel like they can put out a lot of unfinished things. Yes. And then continue with being unfinished, even if it grows. Because it's... Because then, it's like, oh, it's new, and then yeah. this is the style. It's like, no, it's just developing, and you never got past development. Yes, kind of yes. People, I think people are very afraid of editing. Yes. Like, very much so. And just post everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I post everything, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish everything. I could, but I'm so afraid of the internet in yeah? that sort of way. Like, I don't want... Because if I put a poem out there... Yeah. It, like, belongs to someone else now. See, I love that, though. There I, is that. I love just letting go of it. Just, like... That's okay. nice somewhat, but I also <laughs> want to get published. <laughs> Which means that once it's out there, I can never do anything with it. Okay, Possibly nice. with drawing, there is a, a... It's slightly... I don't know. It more reproducible. yeah. Whereas if someone says, oh, Facebook owns your poem now, we yeah. can't publish. Yeah. But I do kind of love that whole corporate mechanism of it, though. <laughs> Just like, oh, I've made this really this really impassioned, creative thing, and then I'm going to push it out into the world, and, oh, Facebook owns it. Yep. Okay, can't I do guess Facebook about. can publish a poetry book for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes. It's a shame that they don't do anything with it. They should do it. It is, book. yeah. At Maybe. least people would get some sort of pat on the back for, you know... Maybe. Maybe Facebook should just start collating creative stuff and then every so often just publish a Facebook creative book. I think I should, like... But not approach. credit anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I totally need to approach Facebook and just be like, yeah. let me make an anthology for you by Facebook. Poetry by Facebook. Poetry by Facebook. It'd be monetized. <laughs> and and appear in everyone's story without choice. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> every single advert. My main grievance at the minute is when my phone notifies me that someone's posted in the story, which they haven't done for a long while. Yes. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't care. I wasn't there anyway. Still not going (laughs) to look at it. Yeah. I never do. I'm basically just going to get rid of the notification. Yeah. And that's going to be the end of this. 
the story yeah. thing on whatever yeah. platform it's on. It, well, I just see people's faces in circles, and I'm like, that's their face. That's nice. You know, that's there every day. I'm going to look at everything else now. Instagram, I've started doing that. Um, you know, like Facebook memories. Oh, okay. I got a prompt today, which was like, check out your post from a year ago and repost it into your story. And I was like, uh... And then you do see, see like, a selfie I mean, I did it. Or... <laughs> what was it? Um, it was a picture. It was just a selfie. Oh, it was? But a... it was back when I had hair. You have quite a lot of hair. Yeah, but I used to have a lot. Like, long? I had hair down to here. Oh! Up to, like, a year and a half ago. Like, proper metal head. Yeah, and I'd have that for 13 years. Wow. And then I shaved my head. Because I donated all my hair to Cherry. Oh, Oh, I've done that before when I because I used to grow my hair to like waist length and yeah. then chop it all off. Yeah, so I've only had short hair for like a year and a bit. Hmm. But then it's yeah. And then it just gets big. Yeah. But you have curly hair, so you have oh, you have long curly hair. That's a whole different story. It's the untamable hair. Yeah. I don't actually do anything with it because it's impossible to do anything <laughs> with it. You wake up and it's just like, cool, so you're doing that today, right? <laughs> I guess you'll get brushed and that'll be about it. I barely brush my hair. So. <laughs> but like, it's starting to grow longer, so I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm like actually starting to get caught in it now. Yeah. Maybe I should just run something through it. Yeah. I think that's, that's when you get to that level of just like, oh, if I can run my hand through it and my hand gets stuck, yeah. there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's when we need to work out. Or if someone else strokes your hair and they're like, oh, oh, don't worry, I'll just, <laughs> I'll leave it now. See, that only happens with my beard. Like, someone oh. will be like, can I touch your beard? And then I'll get stuck, and I'm like, you you, you trapped yourself in this. <laughs> I didn't invite you, you're just there. <laughs> you're just there. How many people do you have living in your beard right now? I mean, probably a fair few. Yeah. I should probably start charging rent. <laughs> you should. They're squatters. <laughs> you have squatters in your They're bed. loud at night. <laughs> keep up the neighbourhood, bringing down the house price in my ears. Uh. <laughs> It's like a, a multiple occupancy house and everything. Yeah. You need like a, a fire hose, whatever they are, the, the fire things. Like a fire exit? Extinguisher. Oh, a fire extinguisher. Yeah, I've just completely <laughs> forgotten what it It's fine. So, you had subjects. I or had you had subjects. ideas. Yes. Which I'm curious about. I was like, I can't just go with these things that are so blatantly obvious to me. But then I thought, actually, they're they not might that not be blatant. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I thought of talking about um, polyamory okay. because I am polyamorous, Fair and on. you can just ask me all of the appropriate and inappropriate questions. I don't care. Um, and then I thought about like the wibbly wobbliness of gender. Okay. Like either or or all of them, but like. I think I've been a lot doing a lot of exploring of the spaces between gender, okay, in like creative stuff and outside of it. And I th- I'm finding it really interesting at the moment. That's cool. I don't think we did discussed either of those on our podcast before. No. No. I think as close as we've come to that is uh, discussing like dating and, mm. and different aspects of dating and, and bits and bobs like that. And, that's fair. But yeah. Or mm. like open, more open relationships. I suppose yeah. that's kind of a thing that's quite. I guess with both those subjects, there's kind of an overlap at times. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose, like, gender yeah. is kind of relevant to who you're with, or you might be... Yeah, and being poly- polyamorous, if I can actually say that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you kind of, you see more aspects of different kind of people who are between, or, or yeah. on, on not, like, as clear-cut. I suppose people that are questioning <laughs> the structure of 
romantic relationships might also be questioning yeah. gender. Yeah. Big things like that. Because you're not going to just question one thing. <laughs> no, no, you're going to be a certain kind of person, I yeah. think. Yeah, to... you'd have to be, you'd have to kind of get into that mindset and then all of a sudden everything's a question. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And it just keeps nice. coming up, and it is yeah. is nice because there are no rules. You make up the rules to your life. It's so there are there are no rules in <laughs> well, any way, shape. <laughs> no, no. There are, like obviously, in life we have like all these structures that we are put into the whole yes. like get married, have kids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So a lot of people don't truly think about that. I suppose. Like okay. obviously, that's quite a broad statement to say, but like it, you would think that you go in a monogamous relationship with someone mm-hmm. and that that develops in its own way yep. towards marriage, etc, mm-hmm. etc. And you don't really question the overriding structure of it all. Okay. Um, which I think, like, polyamorous people kind of do. Okay. Because even, even if people, say, try polyamory and decide it's not for them or something like that, they will come up with a whole different attitude to relationships anyway. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not gone just completely car accident terrible yeah. and they have learned nothing. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So do you have a, like a standard definition for polyamory? Um, I think it's best to kind of just deconstruct the, the word itself. Okay. Which is like poly, which is a Greek root, uh, which means many. And then um, amory coming from amor, Latin root. People hate that you mix the Latin and the Greek roots, but hey, it's a new one. I mean, my grammar's terrible anyway, so I don't... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I barely know if something's Latin or Greek. I mean, the fact that you know whether they're Latin or Greek <laughs> is, shows that you put more thought into it than ever I have put into well, a word. Well, I have to explain polyamory a lot. So. I, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the idea that you can have um, more than one relationship simultaneously mm-hmm. um, as your lifestyle, not as a, like fun thing I suppose it's uh you know yeah you, you can be as invested or uninvested in relationships as a normal monogamous person could okay so I mean to dumb it down would it be accurate to say that it's kind of the equivalent of having many open relationships um open relationships are funny because there are people attach proper rules to them with their partners oh, and yeah, they'll have yeah. a central partner usually okay yeah um, and it's more about sex, usually. Fair, yeah. Whereas with polyamory, it is much more about love and relationships, and there can be... Um, one thing to, to explain is, is metamors, which is your partner's partner. Okay. And that relationship changes everything. Yeah. Whereas in a, uh, an open relationship, you might ignore that. Okay. Have a sort of don't ask, don't tell kind of rule. Yeah, just whereas, assume. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, with this it's very clear. And, yeah, you, yeah, you have to talk. Communication is, like, absolutely everything with yeah. polyamory. And you, you come to learn that just all relationships are about communication. And almost any problem, I can, can guarantee any that. problem you have in a relationship with anyone will be down to communication. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Lack of too much? I don't know. Can you have too much communication? I mean, personally, yes, you can have too much communication, but <laughs> I'm a very quiet way. person. So. Yeah, okay, like verbal, yeah, yeah. like amount of per yeah. day yeah. quota. There's a, there's a level of where you just like, just stop talking. <laughs> but there is, a, like, I think to, like, the the depth of communication, Yeah, I feel like that's 
that kind of boundless. Okay. People can share as much of themselves as they wish, but it often helps when they share everything, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. I think that's interesting. Yeah. I think yeah, it's it's very like especially relationships, even polyamorous or, or monogamous, like communication's the key. It really is. We, we've I think we've I discussed this with Charlotte and Brett when we, they were on because we were discussing mm. being adults and relationships, and obviously they've been together for like six years or whatever it is now. Yeah. And it's like yeah, as, as long as you're both talking or yeah, definitely. everyone's on the same page. There's not much can go wrong, mm-hmm. and if it does go wrong, it's usually less damaging than if neither of you are on the same page. Oh, definitely. And then it just kind of like blows up and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Yeah, like I, I have a <clears throat> partner that I've been with for uh, five years. We sort of went into poly together. Okay. Um, which usually never works. Right. Like uh, we are kind <laughs> of in such a. It's usually an absolute horror story okay. where people from from a monogamous relationship say hey yeah let's open up our relationship and become polyamorous because you already have that like idea of monogamy in your relationship okay yeah so you're very locked in yeah and you've then already deciding experienced... to go oh i know we could we could just expand this mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay because you've had all of that time together and all yeah. of you know um but yeah so we we sort of opened that up, and but even before that, we were quite good at communicating. Like, yeah. we would have conversations like, oh, what if we broke up? And just things like that, which in some relationships would be so out of the normal. And then really frank conversations about uh, children when we weren't even together for a year. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, like, it's not like I'm planning to have a child right now or whatever. No. you're just talking about but it's a concept. Saying, you know. Yeah. I don't particularly want to birth my own child, and that's a, a difference between both of us. And yeah. that's one way that poly can work amazingly, because these huge things in your life that can be relationship-breaking are no longer relationship-breaking. Yeah. Because he could find someone that could that really wants a kid and really yeah. wants to be a mum, yeah. and would be happy to do that. Okay. That's interesting. I don't know whether I've thought of it like that, of kind of just like... Taking the aspects which you can't get from one relationship mm-hmm. and finding another consistent way of doing that. Yeah. Because you can't necessarily get everything you need from one person. Yeah. Like, you can... Obviously, monogamous relationships can work, and I feel like they work even better when people have good friends. Yeah. All of this kind of stuff, because you... Or good family. If Definitely. it's just... If you're isolated on your own, it can become... Yeah. I suppose toxic in a, like at, at worst yeah you do see a lot of that kind of within monogamy is mm. is you, you kind of get that if if you don't have an outside world then yeah. that can be very detrimental to to one or both of you yeah because uh, yeah, i always so the thing i always had within monogamous relationships is that idea that if i'm with someone i hate it when a couple becomes a one mm-hmm. instead of a two yeah <laughs> and you kind of look at couples and you're like both of you are just completely into one another. Like, yeah. your lives revolve around each other. You spend all your time together. Wearing matching anoraks. Yeah, it's like, like, you've got matching clothes. You, you kind of, you're talking in unison. You give advice in exactly the same way. Mm. It's kind of disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, but you were used to be two people. And it's kind mm-hmm. of sad that one of you got lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is a shame. Like, like because you're always kind of, 
want to be like a single per- a person on your own mm. that is exceptional in their own right, and then suddenly if you are, yeah, if, if you want to invite someone to a meal, and then suddenly you have to invite the other person. Yeah, that becomes a thing a lot. Yeah, a lot of people aren't comfortable with being independent. I guess. Yeah. Do you think that people who are in poly relationships are much more independent? As you find, it it depends on yeah. the person, but I would say definitely. Like for me as well, definitely because I am like I am affected by my partners. Yeah, you know, I might wear matching anoraks with them. Who knows? Please don't wear. Please don't wear anoraks. <laughs> I, I'm not going to wear an anorak. <laughs> Let's not bring back the anorak. That's I've a dark seen them period around. In it's that nineties look as uh. well. Yeah. I mean, we're slowly being dragged back into the nineties. If it's a neon something, then it's okay. I saw someone in bloody poppers. Like, you know, those tracksuits yeah. with the buttons on the side. Yeah. Someone was wearing those, and I was like, why? They, they, were, just... they were a bad idea to begin with. <laughs> they make me think of, like, male strippers. Yes. Because I'm like, why do you need to take them off so quickly? Yeah. What's the but problem? You're not even taking them off. Why do you need a breeze? Because they just they connect here. Yeah. So just wear flares. <laughs> or a weird skirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> everyone should just get into kilts. Every, just yes. con- everyone constantly should get into kilts. Kilts are amazing. Be a bit breezy. And Lincoln's very windy. <laughs> I found out recently that on kilts, you know, there's their kilt pins. Yes. So they go on the corner of the fabric to okay. hold it down. Oh, okay. So it doesn't float up. And I'm like, this needs to happen for skirts. Yeah. All the poor women of the world that have <laughs> experienced, fl- <laughs> like, flashing people in the street, you know? I mean, in that sense, you could, be saved. you could just manufacture skirts with, like, a little bit of weight to mm-hmm. the bottom. Apparently the the queen has like lead in the bottom of all of her skirts. So they so never like, come. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Must be fun being in a relationship with the queen. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't even get ankle. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I think I don't know because I so like obviously the royal family is like is a huge icon of monogamous. It, I suppose it is. It's but never been the marriage is yeah, so like the marriage is there. It's very structured. They have kids as soon as possible. They have kids as soon as possible. Like in a way, they're they're kind of required to have yeah. children because yeah. you have to continue the line. And it's it's I think in a way it kind of forms the culture of the UK. In yeah. that a lot of people see that they're brought up with that. Yeah. You know, it's the king, it's the prince, and it's the princess. That's that's how you live your life. It is a humongous occasion as well, like yeah. a royal wedding. Like whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know, you're gonna be aware of it at least. I think it'd be interesting if there was a poly relationship within the royal family. That would be amazing. That'd be. That could. It'd be. be kind of insane. Very under wraps, but. <laughs> I feel like it would. It would. It would do like there'd be this whole moment where everyone was trying to figure out what everyone gets called. Yes. Like and like. Because can you have multiple kings? They would still want a marriage as well. Yeah. So there'd be a marriage somewhere in there. Yeah, but then it would have to be a poly- They'd have to change the law. <laughs> Just for them. So essentially, we need Prince Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Just to decide to be in a poly relationship. Yes. <laughs> That's quite disturbing. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever change. I have my own reservations with the royal family. Yes, yes. It's a peculiar subject. Yeah, to kind of roll into. Yeah. How did that happen? Where were we? I don't know. Let's get back to the point. We were t- independence. Yes, we were talking about independence. Yeah, so like, I can, I can take stuff from other relationships, but I find myself obviously taking things from multiple relationships. Yeah. Which is really cool. I've been in a relationship where I learned how to build a boat. Nice. With carbon fibre. 
which was amazing and dangerous, but amazing. How's <laughs> it dangerous? You're building a boat. <laughs> Carbon fibre is like the best material ever. You put right. it on with epoxy, which is kind of toxic glue. Yeah. Um, but it's incredibly strong, but incredibly brittle. Yes. So if it so it splinters all the time okay. when you move it. Yeah. So if you get a splinter in your skin, yeah. it yeah. stays there and splits and splits and splits. It's so much worse than like a wood splinter. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Learning something new about materials. This podcast, Polly and Boat Building. <laughs> <laughs> My life. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, in a way, kind of, for me, you want to kind of think of poly relationships. So, obviously, the, you were saying, like, this, there's an aspect of you get a lot more independence. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, conversely, you could have a lot more um, people relying on you. Because yes. maintaining a relationship on itself is quite hard. Mm-hmm. But maintaining multiple relationships would kill me. <laughs> it is. It's. It's interesting because you, there are different time parts and different relationships where someone might have to be there more for that person than they are for them, etc., mm. etc. If they're going through a hard time, and so there are times where I have felt felt like very sort of spread thin. Yeah. Because I am trying to take care of these people that I care for. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you have to decide your own boundaries and mm-hmm. when to go, okay, someone's feelings are their responsibility. You know, I can't be fully responsible for their feelings. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to, you know, let them impart, help themselves. Yeah. And I can be there for them, but I can't do everything. Okay. It's knowing how much you can and can't give. I think. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I guess, the risk would be is when you get someone who doesn't know that boundary mm. and just starts out in a poly relationship and then just tries to be involved in everything. Yes. Yeah. You can get you, you get people who go from being monogamous to being polyamorous who try and really throw themselves in, but ultimately, yeah. if they are so used to having that one-on-one or if that's what they want, that like full involvement in someone else's lives and seeing them every single day and yeah. eating together things like that like then it becomes incredibly hard for them yeah because there are all these expectations of relationships yeah people say that like you'll have these things of like old couples saying oh we've eaten together every single day um for 40 years mm-hmm. and we've never missed a meal and so people might like go oh that's really sweet and then you go Actually, no, there's so much codependence on one another. Yeah, definitely. You don't need that to enjoy someone's company, necessarily. Hmm. Like, is is that the love part, or is that just codependence? Yeah. Because the love part is just enjoying someone. You don't have to. But having someone there to eat with is... Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a level there, which is kind of overstepping. Yeah. (laughs) To a point where you can't eat alone. And that's, yeah. Yeah. That's quite strange. Do you think, do you think there's, I mean, I don't know, you obviously you have many poly people in your life. Mm-hmm. Does it ever go the other way? And that someone has been in poly relationships for many years and then suddenly decide, no, I'm, I'm going to drop. There are, I've heard of stories of people being in relationships for a few years and then yeah. uh, actually I got told of a story who, who's someone's partner introduced them to polyamory. Okay. Uh, he lives a fully polyamorous life now. Um, but uh, she broke up with him, went to Japan, and got married. Oh, okay. But I think it's just 
people. Just you know? people being people. <laughs> yeah, you can't always predict them. There's always going to be someone who breaks yeah. any expectation. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of the subjects which kind of like, I don't know, within the creative community, because there's there's obviously so much art and so much kind of creative stuff done around relationships mm-hmm. and, and love and sex and everything which kind of goes alongside it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those words which gets dropped, like, in. Yeah. But you you never really see it explored. It gets a bit lost. Yeah, like, like you get kind of, like, so, like, trans and, and, and gender and all of that kind of gets heavily discussed. Mm. And it's very upfront and there's obviously a lot of conversation with it within the world at the moment. Yeah. But in terms of kind of poly... It just kind of, it just sits there. Like, everyone's gone, all right, so that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think people don't take it seriously, necessarily. Okay. People go have the idea of it's, it's a phase, it's the open relationship thing. Like, okay. you do it for a while, it fixes your relationship, and then you go back to happy marrying. It's just a bit of misinterpretation of it. I think, potentially. Yeah. Because I think people go, oh, like, in a few years, you know, you'll get over it, you'll get a new monogamous relationship. Yeah. I think it's when... When legislation, I think with the trans thing, like there is a lot of legislation floating around, yep. a lot of things being threatened, and like some basic human rights being threatened, um, which is a massive shame. But yep. it's it's creating the conversation, yeah, and that is really important. So I think possibly when eventually people are going, no, actually, I do need some legislation so I can live in a house with multiple people. And not have to have a fire extinguisher and have I mean, lots in all of our rooms. But it, We're not condoning bad fire safety. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's it's very hard to say you can't get a mortgage with three people or four people. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like you think that life gets easier with Polly because yeah. obviously you have all these adults around being able yeah. to do all these things. But actually, trying to get that household, yeah, you have to be a homeowner, etc. And ma- marriage, if people want to do marriage, yeah, like that could be a thing that people ask for in the future. Yeah, and that's I think at that point, that's when people are going to start talking about marriages. Yeah. yeah, or person like people marrying different people, yeah. and yeah, but then all could being considered in the same situation. Yes. Yeah, that's weird. It's not weird. But it's it's some like, accountant in like Yeah, the, I feel like someone's head slowly is exploding yes. in like bureaucracy somewhere. Like how would we even make that work in yeah. the system? <laughs> it's like, kind of mad. There's only two text fields. How do I I can't just add someone else's relationship? <laughs> how does parenting work? Can these oh, overlap? God. <laughs> you need new birth certificates. <laughs> what if they just don't care who the father is? What? <laughs> In a way, I don't know, a, like, so I think, because obviously, like, for me, a lot of, like, things like legislation and stuff like this, it gets held back by not only kind of views, but it gets held back by technology. So this kind of thing, obviously, is is the the whole prospect of introducing another aspect into what would be law. For a lot of kind of higher-ups and, and business and whatever, they look at it and they go, that is going to be so much work. Yes that we wouldn't even know where to start, so we're just not going to consider just it. Not going to bother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We're not going to consider it. And it's kind of like with the whole um, trans aspect of like this, people are just sat there going, but there's so many things we'd have to change. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, 
well, yeah, that's kind of the point, and that's why we want you to do it. Yeah. But they kind of sit there and go, oh, maybe, maybe not. But then within the future and kind of how technology seems to be going, it seems like it might open up to be a lot easier for like changes like this to be introduced. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff is still outdated, I think, within like oh, government yeah. things in general. I mean, I have a problem with the whole aspect of marriage. So Yes, well, yeah, I'm not terribly keen on it. I think if I did get married, I would only get it to like, I think I'd like to get married at like the top of a big hill and then roll down. Like in a big wedding dress. That'd be cool. Have you but seen... I would only do it for like... I'd have to be persuaded. You'd have to be persuaded. <laughs> There'd have to be some really good, like, beyond tax, beyond... <laughs> like... See that, yeah, that's when I think of marriage, I think, cool. So the only reason I marry someone at this point in time, it'd be for tax reasons. Yeah. It'd be so, you know, so family is supported and... That's so, partner like, is supported depressing. when we go do things yeah and that's yeah. How, I, how i see it and for a lot of people obviously it's a huge thing it's like mm-hmm. you know, marriage is the goal it's everything or the, it's like a huge declaration of your love for someone yeah and i'm just sat there going yeah but the cost of it all yeah <laughs> i think i'm very unromantic about marriage but yeah. i love weddings weddings are great like massive no. families getting together no no, no? like so my for them this is my problem i have a problem with weddings yeah it, because weddings are boring <laughs> Oh, but... Weddings are so crap. Maybe I've not been... Maybe I've been to the wrong weddings. Maybe. I've been to a lot of traditional weddings. Um, so for a while I did photography and did, oh. like, freelance photography. So you've seen So I've photographed different weddings. I've been to weddings. Yeah. As, 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 I've been to very few weddings as a guest. Mm. But you kind of go to these weddings, and they're all they're all kind of the same. Mm-hmm. You can make They can make them as unique as they want, person to person, and they're all kind of the same. And you kind of sit there going, I don't get why people can't put something different into this. Yeah. It's like, all right, so you're going to go to the building. You're going to have your guests. And your guests are going to arrive and it's going to be nice. And you're going to have half the guests who don't want to be there. And half (laughs) the guests who want to be over-involved in the whole wedding. Oh, gosh. And you're going to watch them go in. And then you're going to say your vows. And your vows can be unique. And that's that's wonderful and everything. And you're going to take some photographs. Yeah. And then you're going to go to the venue. And it's like... Yeah. Cool. And have some finger food. And this cost you, what, 20 grand to put this on? (laughs) And you're like, hang on a minute. You could have done this in, like, a field. Mm -hmm. You could have lit something on fire. You could have, like, gone on a boat. (laughs) And there's all these different things. You're like, this could have cost you a lot less. Yeah. You could have thrown a hell of a party for 20 grand. Yeah. And instead, you rented one, two locations. I'm sold on bonfire, to be honest. That's a great way to celebrate anything. I figured if I ever got married, I'd burn something. <laughs> 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 it was one of those things of like out of celebration. Kind of, yeah, so it's kind of like I don't know that whole idea of you kind of because so, so essentially in my view of kind of life and how things went, I was like, if I ever got married, I'm not a person who wants kids, but if I ever had kids, then I just have kids, mm-hmm. but I'd want them to attend the wedding. I'd want my children to witness their parents get married because they're like that's oh, quite a nice thing that's you know sweet, yeah. they kind of come together and they witness it and, and then it's this big event and i was like so then if you're going to do that it needs to be something spectacular like mm-hmm. beyond what a wedding is and i was like so the only way to do that is to make it kind of ritualistic to a point where guests have no choice but to get involved that's so cool. you have like outside events and then a massive bonfire which you and your partner set on fire. Cool. 
don't light a cake. <laughs> just make a bonfire. <laughs> Throw a cake into the bonfire. Yeah, you know, burn the wedding dress, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> just have a winter solstice get-together yeah. and see all your family naked. I mean, I'm not spiritual in any way, but the idea of having a wedding like that, that would make an impact. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a, an event I go to in New York that is the Holy Folk and Revolutionary Society. Uh, but it... it like it's how quickly just... you said that, like, if you stopped halfway through the word, you might mess up. I probably would. Uh, but uh, they get together and just sing folk songs around a bonfire okay. on this, like, um, like public field. Right. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful evening to have. And it's just, like, this literally costs someone to go to a building site and ask about some wooden pallets. Yeah. That's all it costs. And you just rock up, and it's amazing. See, and that's an amazing night. Yeah. And then someone spends five grand on a cake. Yep. <laughs> awesome, like the the fairy cakes, the cupcakes. Uh, yeah. You know, because people are fussy. You could go to Sainsbury's and get like twelve for like a quid. Yeah. People aren't thinking this through. <laughs> and then there's gluten free options. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, food would have to be a big aspect of whatever I did. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm very food centric. So what can you? How many things can you cook on a bonfire? There's a lot of meat-based things. Yeah, you can cook pizzas. I suppose you could. Are you, are you talking about like a big stone <laughs> like pizza oven? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, see, so you could you could have like a heated rock, I guess. Oh uh, yeah. And just slap at the bottom of the bonfire. Cool. Just put stuff in it. foil. Yeah. You can cook aubergines and all vegetables and stuff on bonfires, or just a big soup. <laughs> massive. <laughs> you could just soup. do a massive soup. <laughs> Actually, that's a very good idea. <laughs> All right, so I'm taking that one and writing it down in there. So we're planning your wedding. I'm pa- planning my wedding, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be disturbing for the person I'm dating. <laughs> Don't panic. We're okay. <laughs> it's been a month. We're not late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I don't know. Yeah. I think kind of, yeah, society would need to make a change in order for all of that to happen. Yes, definitely. You, do you see that happening in your lifetime? That's that's strong. I hope I do. Yeah. I think I really, really hope that when I'm older, that I get to look back and go, how much it's changed, but for the positive. Yeah. And I, I'm genuinely looking forward to the day that someone young tells me something new. Okay. How do you mean? So say, I suppose I've done this to a few people. I reckon, like, if I come out with like polyamory to someone older, they're like, mm. what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like. And then you, you tell them all about it, and they're like, I had no idea that this was a thing that was happening. I'm excited for that day. Okay. When I suddenly go, what is this? <coughs> it's a whole new thing that I just don't understand. What? There are loads of people doing this? Yeah. I kind of like that, not knowing. Okay. So I think for a lot of people, that's terrifying. Yeah. It's like when you kind of go up to someone and say, oh, there's this now, and they're like, I don't understand it, yeah. so I'm scared of it. So I'm just going to ignore just it. Just going to ignore it for a little bit. <laughs> Until my son or daughter comes up to me and tells me that they have no into this, and now I have to learn what this is. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's definitely a lot of that, being you know? Definitely, yeah. But then I, I can, from, I mean, obviously I'm a fair bit older than you. I'm not, yeah. How old are you? I'm 29. Oh my god. Yeah. Not that much. Are older. you okay? I'm still in my 20s. <laughs> <But> no. <laughs> this has become a recurring theme of this year's podcast so far as discussing all the. <laughs> you really aren't. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not even kind of a quarter way through 
I've heard 28-year-olds talking like they're dying already, and I'm just like, you are young. You are still young. Yeah, but there is a thing which, you see, you'll come across it when you reach 25. <laughs> you suddenly start realising that you're dying. <laughs> but, like, that. your body just kind of goes, yeah, we're going we're gonna to give up. You actually do hit your peak at 26. Yeah. Your physical peak, and then Every- everything starts degrading. Yeah, everyone you meet after that point <laughs> will be like, yeah, I'm dying. And some people <laughs> handle it really well and kind of, like, dive into it and go, all right, we're not going to die. We're going to we're gonna keep going. We're yeah. going to do all the things which are required to keep me going. In fact, they might even get better health into their 30s. Mm. And some just go the other way. Just yeah. Lay down and accept it. Crumble a little bit. Yeah. I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been like that since I was like 16. So <laughs> I fully accepted that my it's body like, hates me. <laughs> we're so done wake, now. Wake up in the morning and go, all right, my back hurts. I don't know why my back hurts, but it hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's a thing now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think feel like I already have enough pain going on. I think I'll just be like, "Oh, this is a new one." Yeah, it keeps it interesting. Yeah, keeps it fresh. I mean, if you've already got it, that's, that's good. Yeah, but yeah, you will find anyone over the age of twenty-five will consider that they're dying. Yes, yeah, I've definitely found that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you meet like fifty-odd-year-olds that are like yeah. rave it. That's the renaissance. Yeah, it's like you kind of you reach twenty-five, you think you're dying, and then you go up to like thirty-five. And you realise you're going to be 40 in five years. Yeah. And you, your brain goes, yeah, but I'm not actually in that bad of health. But I think that's because you kind of look above you and go, so my parents are almost dead. And I'm not that yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be okay. Fair. Yeah. And then yeah. you go into your 50s after your midlife crisis. Of course. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah. yeah. Have you fallen into the trap of quarter life crisis yet? Because you're approaching that age. I'm resisting. (laughs) Uh, Like, life is suddenly incredibly busy after, like, I finished my undergrad. And then I'm into my second year of my master's. What are you studying? Uh, Creative writing. Of course. Because I want a serious degree. Uh, (laughs) I didn't ask a degree. I'm fully aware of the the conflict. I just wanted to keep writing for a while. Um, So, uh, last term... Mm -hmm. I because of how it worked out, I had nothing okay. at university. So last term, I kind of had a taste of like life after uni. If I'm okay. just working like two part time jobs, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it was quite <clears throat> trading and sad. Because um, yeah, but then I'm one of these people that has to be doing something that they enjoy. Okay, yeah. every day. Like I, I want to to live to work. There are some people that work to live, and that totally works for them. I've seen it. Yep. Like, they can, they'll work any job, and then in their spare time, they'll have the best life. Yes. But I want to work to live. That's no, fair. I want to live to work. Yeah. I that think, one. Yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely a divide of people. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very much of the aspect of I need money. Yes. So I work any job, doesn't that is matter important. what. Yeah. And that that's kind of been my driving force for a very long time. But then at the same time I do a lot of things in my free time. Yeah. And I think as long as you have that balance, you're okay when you approach it that way. But Definitely. the the trap is obviously that you don't do anything in your free time and then you just work. Mm-hmm. And, then... and like forgetting what you want and yeah. 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 Too many people do that, I think. I mean yeah. It's it's an easy trap to fall into though. It's, it definitely is. It's so easy. I mean I've I've been in my role for five years now mm. and it wasn't what I intended to do I didn't intend to be there for five years no and it was just to make money 
because at the time I was self-employed mm. and I wasn't making enough. So it was like, right, go get a job, yeah. go, go do a thing. Um, and then, yeah, five years later, I'm like, still there. Yeah. And you kind of, you can, you can easily, especially when as well, like, because you don't know what life will bring. <clears throat> and you're like, cool, so I'm doing this. And it's like, oh, I'm doing this, but oh, no, I have a child now. Yes. I have a house now. Oh, yeah. I gotta support my partner. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and suddenly more and more things pile up, and you're like, uh, definitely. And All I, the responsibilities. Yeah, I think I used to resent people who kind of just worked jobs. Mm-hmm. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, okay. It's, there's way more to this than just me viewing someone who works at Sainsbury's and does that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, a bit more appreciation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because people have, like, I have a, I have kittens. Okay. And I'm going. There are so much more responsibility now. Like, I was fully aware of the responsibility beforehand, though. Okay. Like, it weighed You didn't down take on, on kittens unwillingly. No. Um, no. They weren't thrust upon me. No. No. Um, and you weren't just like, oh, they're going to be adorable, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was very aware that they are. They all live until, like, at least, like, uh, around, like, 13. Yeah. kind of average. For a That's a long time. Yeah. That's, I would be 36. 36. If one of them lives to 13, or both of them. One sec. Postman. aware of like the responsibility um it took me ages to find a house to move into out of a student house yeah um but i was very lucky in the last two weeks um and now i think i'm going to like if i i want to find a job and for that i would move because i don't want to feel like i'm stuck in a place without anywhere to go Mm-hmm. And know that there is a job somewhere else that could fit me perfectly. Yeah. But then I go, but then there are kittens and I have to find a place for them again that they can fit into and be able to afford that, like, immediately. And yeah. Blah, 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 blah. There are all these things that just build up, even with two little kittens. Yeah. It's so kind of like... It's like being a puzzle piece <clears throat> where you, you start off kind of simple and then every so often you just add a notch to your puzzle piece mm-hmm. and it's harder to fit that. Yeah. I think, funny enough, with Polly, I feel like I'm adding options as well. Yeah, I guess. Because I have, I have a part, I have two partners in Lincoln and one partner in York. Okay. And so, I'm thinking if I did want a, a PhD or something like that, mm-hmm. then I could think about York. It would fit. Yeah. I could go there, be around my partner. Whether I moved in, probably wouldn't move in with them, but. I still have some sort of familiarity if I go there. Yeah. It's, it's like a a little hold that I can have there. <laughs> it's a bad phrase. It's kind of like setting up franchises. <laughs> just, yeah. It's like, ah, so I have a person over there. <laughs> Expand into this yes. one. And if they move, I now have access to this city as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not but, to put a corporate aspect on <laughs> your, well, your relationships. You do have to do a lot of organising sometimes. Yeah, can I, I mean, how do you handle Christmas? Like, uh, like a big event like that? That's going to be... Surely I think it's going to be interesting in future. Run ragged at the end of it. Well, I had a really good Christmas this Christmas, actually. Okay. I, uh, both my part, like, 
I live with one partner, and mm-hmm. the other um, doesn't live with us, but he stayed overnight on Christmas Eve. Um, so we woke up all together Christmas morning, played board games. He went off to his family. Yeah. And then I had my family over, and then I spent the rest of my Christmas with the live-in partner. Nice. So it worked really well. But yeah. though, I know there will be many hectic Christmases to come. And the partner in you'll come like, I've not even... Yeah. I can't even think about that right now. <laughs> that's picking at a scalp. <laughs> but then that's... <clears throat> we kind of have a different sort of relationship. Okay. I suppose. Yeah. It, because we don't see each other that much. It's once every month or two. Yeah. Um, for a weekend. So we have a much more sort of relaxed relationship. I'm not a massive one for talking online all the time, especially okay. with partners and stuff. Yeah. Because tone and anything can yeah, get confused. you can lose a lot of that. Um, so we don't even talk online that much. And then we just see each other and we see each other. And I enjoyed that. That's nice. Yeah. But we've been together for about two years now. And we've started kind of missing one another more. Okay. Yeah. Which is really pleasant. Because before yeah. it was like, oh, it's great that I don't have to miss this person. Yeah. And, you know, I just go enjoy the company and then go back to normal life. Yeah. It's kind of like having an old friend where you pick up where you left yes. off whenever you see them. And, yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Um, and But now it's starting to be like, oh, I do actually miss you more. You are more. It's, it's the familiarity thing. Yeah. Someone's definitely. familiar, you want them closer to you. And yeah. all that kind of stuff. So... That's nice, and I suppose it's going to be a new part of our relationship, I suppose. Because yeah. I, I think, <clears throat> I mean, in a way, like to me, that's the most interesting part of kind of your relationship, is that I've always been a person who said I can never do long distance, mm. because I did. Well, I said I did long. I did this long distance kind of in college, and it was a disaster. Like, yeah, an absolute disaster. Um, so the fact that you kind of have people here, but then someone who's just off. Yeah. Doing their own thing is really quite interesting. Yeah, I yeah. I was also one of the people that said I couldn't do long distance because yeah. I'd seen other people do it. And yeah. it, goes it never works. Like, that's the rule, right? <laughs> yeah, and people try it when they go to uni, etc. Yeah. Um, but I think with this, because there is, like, I've, I've sort of dated or had kind of relationships with people that I wouldn't have mm-hmm. uh, for a monogamous relationship. Because I would go, oh, clearly we're kind of mismatched on on this kind of part of life. Okay. Or whatever. Um, But now I've had some, like, lovely, like, kind of relationship type things, whatever you call them. Like, because relationships can take all sorts of different forms if you want them to. But I've had that with people and had a a really lovely experience. And though I knew it wouldn't last, I could still explore that and still have a lovely time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as long as you're having a lovely time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's true of anything. As long yeah. as you, you know, <clears throat> as long as you're both enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? Yeah. yeah. Whereas it, it could be a, it might turn out to be like a horrible relationship if you yeah. have a relationship like that yeah. monogamously, because okay. you're just, I suppose you're left alone at the end of it. And yeah. Yeah. You you're probably not as honest with yourself as you would have been. Maybe, yeah. Because you want to go, you want that person to be that right person, always. Yeah, you put kind of, in a way, with with a monogamous relationship, you kind of <clears throat> putting all your eggs in one basket, to be mm. use a bad phrase. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, kind of like you're putting everything, so you're like, oh, if this doesn't work, mm-hmm. 
you've got more to lose in a way because you're like, oh, well, that's that's gone. Yeah. That's that's it. So I think so it's very hard to imagine yourself with anyone else. I think that was kind of thing when my so my previous relationship we were together. We were together five years, but we'd known each other eight years. Yeah. And kind of came to the end of it, and it took me about like half a year before I'd even consider dating yeah. anyone, because I just couldn't picture it. I just couldn't picture the idea of being with anyone else, because we'd spent so long together, and it was just one of those things, and like, yeah, it becomes everything. Yeah, So it really does. I guess within a kind of a poly relationship, while it would be sad if one of your relationships ended, mm-hmm. you'd still already have that in your mind, it's like, oh that's that's one aspect of my life which is just now closed yeah. i've still got these other ones you know yeah uh, i've <clears throat> had some interesting like experiences with like other partners and even myself having breakups um with polly because it yeah. can change it's so, some i've had the experience of a partner just kind of needing a friend for a while because the relationship stuff is probably too like painful i suppose yeah. okay. you don't want to be you don't want to literally leave someone from breaking up, go to your partner, and then have all this like sweet, yeah. lovey-dovey stuff. Yeah. You just want to distance yourself from that yeah. for a while. You want some space. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I've had like relationships that have just like even like I don't know a few weeks, a month, however long it takes for them to just sort of recover. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least partially, like yeah, it takes <clears> some time, but you you just kind of adapt. Yeah. And that's quite nice. That's quite nice. Because I'm not expecting what I usually would expect or having that pressure on them. So with Polly being obviously quite a large part of your life, well, I say large part, it's your life. (laughs) It's an aspect of your life, but it's your life. Do you find that that is like the driving force behind your creative stuff? Because I find like, like obviously within classic poetry Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things, the aspect of love and relationship is huge. It's yeah. like the main thing for a lot of people and they only write about that. Mm-hmm. But is that the same for you? I would say no, really. Like, obviously because of, of the different experiences I've had yeah. and the various partners or whatever, there are probably more things I can write on. Yeah. More ex- like yeah, more experience to bounce off of. Um, but... About, like, polyamory specifically, I've not actually written that much. Okay, that's interesting. I I would like the idea of doing a, like, sort of classic love poetry, but polyamorous. (laughs) Just, like, very casually polyamorous. Like, it doesn't need to explain itself. Yeah. And I've done some poems where I've... I've, um, There's a a poem where I kind of... It's almost, like, letter-like, speaking to two of my partners about... Uh, one night okay. that yeah. happened yeah. and they both get completely different things Yeah, and there are things like that that I suppose if unexplained are peculiar yeah um, I found that's interesting though because it, like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's something I notice a lot especially within kind of local artwork and, and people who are just starting out in art or, or just kind of finding their feet of where they want to go people focus heavily on one thing of their life they kind of take hold of it and go, I wear, you know, ties. I'm going to write about nothing but ties for, yes. forever. And I'm like, it's a really kind of obvious thing about you to go, all right, you wear ties. So mm-hmm. you're, going to, you're going to write about it, wearing ties. So it's, in a way, it's kind of, it shows how comfortable someone is if they're not writing about it, in a way. Yeah. It's like, this is you. You know, it's just an aspect of your life. You wear a tie, but you write about wearing 
you know, t-shirts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Don't know why I've gone down a clothing, You're so used to the clothing line. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I think that's nice because it's, it's, yeah, you see, you see it so often that so people just kind of grasp hold of it and they go, this is everything. So this is everything I'm going to do. Mm, yeah. And you're like, you kind of need to move past it in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah. My thing is like, I crave experience. Yeah. What like, do you write about most? It's, it's a funny question people ask, like, what do you write about? Because I will just write about anything that I come across. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> What's your book about? If you, if you can discuss what you Oh, my, uh, the novel I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a really funny idea. Because um, I, I talked about, like, one... I've only ever had, like, two novel ideas. Okay. And I forgot about one of them until recently. <laughs> uh, so... Write them down. <laughs> I know, I really should. <laughs> But I, I was talking about this novel idea I had to, like, uh, a friend, and yeah. she mentioned casually, oh, what about that, uh, like, toilet idea you had? And then I was like, what? Well, I'm intrigued. <laughs> and I must have just been, like, riffing in a conversation or something. Yeah. But I came up with the idea of, like, um, I was just thinking about all the life events that you have yeah. within bathrooms. Yeah. And there are just so many different things that can happen. And it doesn't, obviously some of them will be funny and rude and whatnot, but like, there are so many different kinds of experience you can have in a bathroom. So I kind of want to write that. Okay. Attached to one person, maybe, or a few people. And, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm figuring out the voice right now, which is, I'm confused by. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I was like, do I literally do it from the point of, do I do it from the first person? Or it's just... I mean, that kind of reminds me, so there was a, there was a TV show, I mm-hmm. think. I think it was a TV show. It must have been in, like, the 70s. And it was about a house. And it kind of focused on the house, but it focused on the different families that lived in the house. So it was all the mm-hmm. same house, but each time you kind of got a different perspective per season. Oh, that's Of nice. what they were doing in the house. And it focused on the, the mothers in each household and how they were going through their things. Because it was, like, from the 50s through the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And the different challenges they were facing as they went through. It's kind of, yeah, reminds me of that. But it also reminds me of the whole idea that whenever you're a party, things happen in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could do a series. <laughs> a series. <laughs> Just different Once we've done rooms. toilet, then we have onto kitchen. You have a toilet, and then yeah. the kitchen, and then, yeah. <laughs> then it gets you could have a like... sneaky x-rayed one, which is the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> So you write seven of them, and then someone's like, oh, no, just, just put Bonus coffee, one. Just, like... Don't worry about that. And then you run out of ideas, and it's like, reception room two. <laughs> and suddenly it becomes unrelatable to the one. I was like, who's yes. got a reception room? <laughs> my door opens into my living room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to getting my teeth into it. Because I, I, there are so many ideas. Yeah. You can cry in the bathroom. You can have, like, I don't know, life-changing experiences. Yeah. You can throw up a lot. Uh, drunk I mean, conversations. <clears throat> Girls talk to one another in the bathroom. I mean, I've never been one for that, but... No? No, they have, like, the private conversation thing. I find men have pep talks in bathrooms. Pep talks? That's cool. The amount of times I've walked into a bathroom and met two guys at the sink, one of them talking the other one into either not doing something or doing something <laughs> is ridiculous. <laughs> I think I'm going to have that as an idea then. Yeah. I mean, the thing Much is, likened. literally the last night we went out, we <clears throat> were in Weatherspoons. Oh, yes. Upstairs in Weatherspoons, which is always a classy crowd, mm-hmm. because it's Weatherspoons. Mm-hmm. And 
it was just kind of interesting to watch because I was just like, I just finished washing my hands and I was kind of like listening in on what good because you can't, you and that mean they were talking loud anyway, <clears throat> but they were just kind of chatting to each other and it was obvious that the, the guy was trying to convince the other guy not to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Like something had happened and they needed some space, but they were like, no, I need to, I need to ring them and I need to text them. And they're like, no, do not do oh. this. We're just going to keep going. And they went there for a good 10 minutes Yeah, because they didn't come out of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I came out and saw him walking down the stairs. I was like, this is, this is quite strange. But the amount of times I've seen that is yeah. it's quite shocking. Hmm. That's interesting. <clears throat> Whereas with me, for, for me, bathrooms, you get in and you get out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, so many girls gossip. Yeah. And, like, I suppose talk about, like, I suppose if you're on a night out. Yeah. Girls cry, actually. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's always, like, one girl with mascara running down her face. Like, at that particular point in the night. Yes. In a particular club, you know, like... I always think there's a there's a cliche, which we used to... So when I used to work in nightclubs, you could always tell what kind of night you were going to have at work if on the way to work you saw someone sitting on a step crying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if you see someone sitting on a step crying, it's going to be a rough night at work <laughs> because everyone started too early. <laughs> yes. It's like nine o'clock, you're already in tears. <laughs> Please go home. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that going on the way to just like a yep. pub. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is going to be a weird one. This is going to be a rough night. <laughs> and then an hour later, they're on the dance floor. And you're like, oh, look, look, <laughs> this is not the way to deal with your problem. <laughs> Just, I mean, home. like, well done, but also... Yes. congratulations, <laughs> but go home. Stop drinking. <laughs> yeah, I think that <laughs> should yeah. be a general rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe just, like, let's be honest, my my point of no return is if I sit down. Okay. So like, you got to stay standing only... for the entire night. Like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> if I have passed the point of no return, okay. my body just goes, sit down. Yeah. Doesn't matter where I am. Just sit down. <laughs> it's only happened a few times, but it's always been disastrous. I I see, uh, I kind of, I haven't been past the point of no return in a very long time. Yes. It's been mainly, a while for me. Like, mainly because I don't like, <clears throat> so I hate it when you're drunk and the room spins. Mm-hmm. And then you close your eyes and the room keeps spinning. Yes. I hate hate that like so much so i always stop myself drinking to that point i think yeah but the, i don't know I, I don't know what i'm like drunk no no hmm. should ask someone sometime what, what it's but like. they don't really know no i was under being the responsible one on nights up oh that's the that's the kind of the role i take it's like because i can i can drink quite a lot mm-hmm. so we'll be drinking and then someone will have too much mm-hmm. and then it'll be our oh, graham's looking after which At least you're not, like, the sober friend that gets roped into it. No. Like, you still get to... I'm still drunk, yeah. but then by the time I've f- dealt with them, I'm like... It does sober you I just can't be asked now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home. I've had a good night up to this point. Um, oh. We're now putting you in a taxi, and I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> you got me thinking about bathrooms now. Mm-hmm. Saying that, like, in my family, we have a history of people dying in bathrooms. Oh, wow. So... Like, <clears> in the Elvis fashion? Or... Yeah, kind of. Oh, wow. So I think it was, I can never remember what relation he is. He's like my mom's uncle or something like that. He died on the toilet. And then my granddad died on the way back from the bathroom. And everyone just kind of seems to go to the bathroom when they know they're going to die. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think I found an ending. <laughs> just casually, just like, you know what? I'm going to die. Maybe I should go to the loo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens when you die anyway, so you yeah. may as well. Maybe we're saving ourselves that embarrassment. It's the elegant way, surely. It's the logical way. We're just like, 
don't want to do this on the floor. Yeah. Maybe I should go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the idea of the even in, even near death, we're still thinking that we, we still feel ashamed. <clears throat> this is going to be messy for people. <laughs> oh, I'm terribly sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that thing. Like the politeness overrides. <laughs> we're, like, we're a very polite family. So Leaves like, a note. Yeah. Uh, sorry about the sheets. <laughs> Tried to go to the bathroom. Couldn't. <laughs> Here's the dry cleaning bill. You just have to deal with this now. <laughs> I mean, that's a roller coaster to go through. We started off on Polly, and now we're on crap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And death. And death, of course. Had to. Yes. But I think that's a nice, <laughs> not a nice way to end this podcast. It's been, oh, inter- it's yeah. been an interesting exploration. <laughs> and everything, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm, it's one of those things of kind of, as, as you said at the start, where people don't like asking questions about anything. When yeah. you, you learn about someone's life, you're like, is there things I can't ask? It's like mm. kind of like when you discover that someone's gay. And you're like, yeah. is there things I can't ask? Should I ask? But I'm also really curious. Yeah. And <laughs> like, there will be the, the questions that everyone has asked before, but yeah. I'm of the opinion that, like, I am happy to answer them. What's the worst question? That's, that's what we should finish up. What's the worst question to get asked? Or the most about insulting polyamory. question about polyamory? Hmm. Oh, that's the thinker. Um... I'll give you a few of the questions. Like, okay. people ask, like, so do you have to be with their partner? Okay, I'm right. Like, no, no. 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 Like, I have, like, my own choice yeah. involved. Yeah. Um, people will just say that, you know, they, they'll basically tell you that it's a phase. Right. Oh, this is fun. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, like, how long do you think they'll be doing it for? Yeah, okay. Hmm. I mean, I think that the... <laughs> And then there's the one of, like, do you all have sex together? And it's like, no. <laughs> also, I, I have choice. Like, seriously. It's like, I'm in multiple relationships, so that obvious means that we do orgies. Like, that's it's just like, a big haram. We're all yeah. just... <laughs> we get home at the end of the day, there's a mattress, and yeah. we're just piling. <laughs> we don't need a house, it's just a mattress with a kitchen on the side. It's fine. <laughs> no, yeah, I think, yeah. There's a lot of dumb questions come out of things. Yeah. Th- those are some pretty terrible questions but to be again, asked. I'm still happy to answer Yes. Them and be like, no. <laughs> That's the only way you stop people asking those questions. Yes. Is to be able to answer them. And provide the logic. Yes. Yes. That's good. Well, thank you for coming, John. No problem. And enjoying the podcast. I hope it was a pleasurable experience yeah, at least. it was interesting. <laughs> it's always, you can always try and keep it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about anorex and all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to have you back next year. Yeah. People are only allowed on once a year. Once so, a year. Yeah. That's fair, they can't spam it. And usually the ne- the next time they come, they have to bring a friend. Oh. <coughs> we'll have to get some friends then. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we'll uh, talk to you guys later. <laughs>